Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you Hola. doing? Yet day? another Abroad Japan show and yet another location where I'm doing it from. I'm not in a studio. I'm not in the cabin down the end of my garden. I am very much in a meeting room at the development that Stack Studios is in. <laughs> I've been kicked out. I love the way that you record the podcast at, like in a shed at the end of your garden like an old it, man. I'm just going down yeah. the shed. It's I feel like, like um, I just remember when Roald Dahl would just sit, would just go on, a, go on a little shed down the end of his garden. That's where he would write all of his amazing books uh, and he would have a little pencil and he would kind of write everything by hand and obviously get it tidied up afterwards. But I, I find it fascinating that it, whether, you know, come rain or hail, he'd be there with a little blanket over his knees uh, and a little... Um, and a little, uh, a little, a little three-bar heater, and he'd just sit there and he'd write all day, and then at the end of the day, he'd go back and, and, and do whatever he, he does uh, with his life outside the book-writing world. But yeah, I, I feel a little bit like that. But to be honest, that's the best sound, is the best um, quality I'm going to get out of the podcast by going down the end of my garden, because, Chris... Yours is the only show. Abroad in Japan is the only show I really do from the end of the garden. So, therefore, I have created a studio <laughs> that basically only serves the Abroad in Japan podcast. So, I hope you're happy. I, I will be billing you at the end of the cycle for the Delighted. for the 300 quid Delighted of timber and, and uh, acoustic foam panels. <laughs> Delighted to be the yeah. catalyst of your shit old man <laughs> shed endeavours. You seem to know an awful lot about Roald Dahl, by the way. I don't know if I'm the only one listening into you there wondering how you know so much about Roald Dahl and I think that um, I, I think that every kid of my on? generation uh, knew a lot about Roald Dahl uh, but as you got a little bit older you realise you didn't know enough about Roald Dahl and we'll <laughs> oh, leave no. it at that but, uh, but, I, but I've spent all weekend um, it's, it's a really weird kind of abstract uh, life I, I led over the weekend went to watch a bit of football that was very enjoyable right. but um Hartlepool versus uh, uh, versus uh, Crystal Palace, a lot of fun. Uh, and then I oh, the spent most of Sunday building a box. <laughs> I just, a box. I spent all just of Sunday 
building a box. Um, I've spoken about my arcade machine. Uh, it's all I've talked about since Christmas, to be honest, because I've just spent the whole time upgrading it and improving it and refining it. Uh, and, right. and now I'm in a situation where I am... Uh, I needed it to be a bit taller. Now these little arcade boxes you buy online, they're um, they're kind of like three quarter length. They're like a smaller version of the classic arcade machine. Mm. So when you're standing up, it's too short, and so you need to have a little chair next to it. But mm. you can buy these fifty, sixty quid uh, boxes that are designed specifically for these arcade machines, right? And I was like, I am not going to spend fifty, sixty quid on an arcade machine shoe to make it a little bit taller. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go down to Wix. I'm going to go out, go down to Screwfix. I'm going to buy at least 70 quid's worth of material <laughs> and make my own <laughs> and waste an entire and day I... just building a box. So I spent an entire day just building a box. And I, I made it. I'm I really excited I am the very person that just bought the actual... I, I just bought it. I bought the one that's already done. Cause I'm oh, really? Lazy. A nice illustration. Oh. There. I've got, like, the, the Pac-Man <laughs> and the one with the duck. I can remember the name of it. Dick Duck or something. Got it in the ramen shop. Uh, I wasn't going to build no. a box. I just spent $50 more to have it in the box yeah. already. So... A tale of two people. <laughs> You're right, though. Old and young, <laughs> lazy and 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 DIY. <laughs> I, uh, if I built a box, it wouldn't have worked, would it? It would have fucking fallen I, apart. I I, I don't think people give uh, joinery uh, and woodworking enough respect in in 2021. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have a crack at this, and and it's a very simple box. It's a very simple product, but I was like, I'm going to make it. And then I spray paint it, and I got spray paint all over everything uh, got it on the wooden floorboards oh, we've got in the, in the living room so look it wasn't wholly successful but it looks like a box it fits like a glove and there's nothing more satisfying every time I walk past that box I go I made that box <laughs> good Thanks, man mate. good man I'm glad you've had a productive DIY box yeah. building weekend I've I've been sending uh, bloody emails all over the all world right. to like the Lincoln Centre in Broadway yeah. do you know there's Ken, this Ken Watanabe documentary is finished. Yes, done. Right, it's done, as mm. I mentioned last week. In the week. can. But because it's Japan, and Japan likes copyright right. laws, and I use like some screenshots from The Last Samurai or Letters from Iwo yeah. Jima or The King and I, which he performed in in, in Broadway in London, uh, the, they're like the, the sort of Japanese side mm. of it that I'm dealing with uh, was like, well, we need to get permission to use these images of The Last Samurai. Oh, God. So I got like contact Warner Brothers and they've got to be like yeah or mm. no and it's just like oh come on like, if I'd used a clip from The Last Samurai I, I'd completely understand it but a photo like a publicly accessible pressure, screen grab yeah. it's fair use but fair use doesn't exist in Japan right and it's mm. just banging my head against the wall a time of celebration should be happy mm. that it's done has quickly turned to shit and uh, I'm sure we'll sort it out and, and I understand why we have to it's not Ken's fault of course it's just the way the uh, the laws are yeah. in Japan but uh it's not no, fun. So, it's not good, and I hate copyright. So, I more. mean, could you just um, isn't isn't aren't YouTube in particular? Aren't they sort of very? Um, haven't they sort of made a change recently to kind of um, 
uh, kind of map off yes. certain parts. So if 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 your clip is illegal or uh, or there's a copyright strike on your stuff in Japan, it just doesn't get shown. But it, you can still retain mm. um, visibility on the US side and the Africa side and all the different places that where there hasn't been a copyright strike. The, the Africa, Africa side. side. <laughs> it's a big continent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a YouTube channel name right there. <laughs> the Africa side. Repeat <laughs> I uh, no yeah there was the the Irish YouTuber dude whose name I can't recall he did uh, a channel about anime that's right and yeah. he had about hundred videos buggered yeah. by Toho who were the the cinema company here um, and I've got to deal with them as well actually get <laughs> God forbid but uh, they 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 basically struck down loads of his videos and his channel faced like extinction his whole career was yeah. in jeopardy and. Uh, and luckily, YouTube came to his aid, actually, and helped him out. And YouTube sort of said, well, we'll just not show the videos in Japan right. then because it's fair use around the world, just not ha- in Japan. So YouTube can actually choose yeah. where your videos get shown or blocked. And I know a few people, actually, who, who do block... Uh, some people in Japan make videos that do block their videos in Japan. Just so you don't get a copyright Because right. they are critical well just know like okay, um, the critical of japan not just that sometimes they want to talk about something right, in japan something okay. uh like as a t- topical or whatever talking yeah. about japan and uh interesting you know, uh they didn't want any criticism from japanese viewers so they blocked their videos in japan ah. which i w- would consider doing if i ever made a hypercritical video about japan i would be like i'll just block it in japan <laughs> and they won't i won't get evicted from my uh, house is, is hypercritical japan isn't that exactly. that thing down at the excel center <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Chris. But I've seen that guy who did the anime um, videos, the anime critiques. Um, he, I yep. don't care what part of the world you're in. That is a piss take. The stuff that he gets away with, the amount of clips he uses, and the extended clips that he uses, I think is uh, is uh, it's a it's beyond the pit. I don't think anyone who's putting together documentaries or putting together any kind of um, critical works. Uh, I think personally uh, the amount of footage he uses is uh, is egregious <laughs> I'm all for a free internet oh, really? but that's ridiculous I mean I've, I haven't really seen many of his videos I just uh, I just sort of kept an eye on what was happening just because obviously you always get a bit wary as a YouTuber Definitely. certainly uh, Joey sort of helped defend him because Joey does anime and Joey used to put clips and stuff I think yeah I, I, I don't know I, uh, I my, my rule of thumb and my advice to anyone doing YouTube is don't use copyrighted yeah. stuff because it's pretty crap. I've had a few incidents. Natsuki the movie, I don't have any revenue from that because I I, I bought a song that's uh, copyrighted and I bought it and I put it on and when you buy a song, usually you get the rights to use yeah. it and it's fine and it's wonderful and I probably used like 20 copyrighted songs on that and it was all fine. But one of the songs I bought from a website called Oh, I can't remember. It was like it's not Artlist. It's another one. There's another yeah. website, a, a music website, and they gave it a strike. And I was like, oh, I bought the rights mm. to this song. And they were like, they were like, yeah, but you didn't. And I, I didn't. I, they've got some weird rule where you could buy buy the song and use it, but actually, the 
the the the, the artist took the ad revenue from the video. <laughs> right, okay. And I think I took it pretty at the time. I just sort of yeah. let it go. But in hindsight, what a fucking yeah. idiot! Because that's been like the first few years there was no problem then they just struck it one day and and screwed it and so I haven't had any revenue from it I think I was pretty nice about yeah. that I think maybe I didn't read the fine print as much yeah. as I should have but Gotta just be, be careful. So careful use a website like Epidemic yeah. Sound Premium Beat use a good website I wonder what was the name of the site I'll have to look it up <laughs> after but Spotify these things are sad and it, <laughs> there was, it wasn't there was, um, there was this was, uh, clip I've, I've mentioned it before on the show but the amount of times that where this has happened is actually quite interesting and stark um, Family Guy uh, were doing a skit about an old NFL game from back in the 90s an, an old arcade game uh, Tecmo mm. fucking ball or whatever and um, somebody on the internet had obviously uh, had captured um, footage from this arcade machine he put it on YouTube and Family Guy had used that footage and put it in a Family Guy um, and so uh, the original footage got a copyright strike because it was effectively uploading of uh, a, a bit of footage from Family Guy even though Fox had just taken that footage online captured by someone else online oh, so God. it's like it's it's amazing uh, what gets struck and what gets not It's a, it, it'll get to a place where it's better but especially like you look on sort of, sort of like TikTok or you know anything that's a bit more kind of transient and and short form, people get away with all kinds of nonsense. Twitter, for example, don't get you don't get many um, you don't get much of a copyright strike unless you're uploading like clips and football matches or NFL or NHL or whatever. Mm. Um, it will come to a sort of happy medium eventually, but at the moment it's just a mess. Scattergun, um, it's an atrocity, and people just get like creators like you just get kind of struck down, get demonetized. Just like that, and they just and, and and there's no recourse. It's a scary thing. I mean, the the website I looked up, it was Musicbed. Mm. Be careful if you get music right. from there. I got a song off there. I paid a lot of mm. money for it, like two hundred dollars, yeah. and my reward was to have my entire video demonetized. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty furious about yeah. that now. I remember getting an email, and they were like, "Chris, we ask that if you use a song from Musicbed, that you let the artist take." <laughs> I was like. Oh uh, what? <laughs> I, I, I'm really angry about that. But yeah, l- epidemic sound, uh, art list, premiumbeat.com, all of those are fine. Mm. They're all those and Pond Five. <laughs> um, but yeah, nightmare. The world of YouTube. We have got a story this week from Andrew. It begins: Hi, rustic Pete, and not unattractive broad. I was Ooh. raised in Kit. Kitami Shi, an inland city in Hokkaido where it would get deathly cold in the winter. One of my friends growing up was a kid called Nishiyama-kun. Nishiyama-kun had two defining features about himself. One was that he could recite all of the historical periods in Japan from the Jomon period to the Showa period off by heart. Well done. The other attribute about Nishiyakun was that he was incredibly fat. <laughs> okay, oh, <laughs> for old Nishiyamakun. <laughs> did he take Did he take a bite of a biscuit every time he recited an era, a historic period? Anyway, it was late in late on in the summer in the 1980s, uh, most likely 1987. And Nishiyamakun was at the park with his family celebrating a friend's birthday when he realised that the birthday feast that he had eaten was catching up to him. Given he was a large lad, he could really eat a lot. Luckily for him, his house was relatively close, so he told his parents he was leaving early and rushed home to go to the restroom. He got home with moments to spare, rushed open to the front door. To his horror, he realised that the house was locked and nobody was home. This, you think, would be obvious, given that he had only just bid goodbye to his parents at the park. He decided to run to his grandparents' home, which was situated on the opposite side of the road, but he realised they were also away. 
While desperately going around the house looking for an open window, he realised his time was well and truly up. And, <laughs> he, oh my God, he went to the toilet in the backyard. He then waddled home to await his parents' return. A few days later, he was coming home from school and noticed there was a police car in front of his grandparents' house. He went to the backyard to be greeted by his grandparents and two police officers. He was standing around uh, <laughs> the pile of... Human waste from a few days earlier. Chris, he asked what was I happening. mean, I really have to explain at this point. Chris is censoring on the fly uh, this email. It's pretty fucking uh, obvious what happened here. He asked what he was happening, and his grandparents explained that they had called the police when they discovered the waste Ooh. on the floor. The, the police poo-poo. had called poo-poo. in the wildlife officer. Uh, the wildlife officer, bloody hell, worried that this was the work of a bear. The wildlife officer was certain that this was a brown bear and not a black bear, given the size of the amount of waste. And he gave the parents. You're allowed to flyers. say excre- excretion, Chris. You're allowed to I say can't excretion. Say, and the parents fly. And the, he gave the parents flyers to hand out to neighbours to warn them to be on the lookout for giant brown bears. This Yamakun <laughs> eventually became giant a dentist, something. which is completely unrelated <laughs> to his story. All the best, Andrew. I. I I don't like I don't like toilet humour normally, uh, yeah. and we have someone that chooses these stories for us, and I should probably read ahead. But that is a pretty good story. I love that in the context of the bears, that was actually quite brilliant. And uh, do you do, has your poo ever been? Have, has your poo ever been uh, 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 mistaken for the excretion of a much larger animal? Email in at broadjapanpodcast at gmail <laughs> I love that. I love how like. Because that is a legitimate concern in Hokkaido, right? You know, the old brown bears are huge and very dangerous. uh, The old brown poos. Big brown poos. (laughs) God damn it. uh, Fantastic. That's brilliant. Right. right. To to say that story is right up my street is very much. And the street is covered in poo. Big poos. (laughs) Well done, done, Nishiyama Kun. Good lad. Good lad. I wonder how he feels about that story now that he's a dentist. Does he does he keep it to himself? Clearly he does. But what a story. Whoop whoop, it's the sound of the police. Funny lad, funny lad Damerson. Pete Dawson. We've got a story this week that uh, doesn't involve bears or toilet humour. No. It involves technology, the future of yeah. convenience stores. What have we got, Pete? What have you got for it, us this it, week? It does. It it, uh, it you know it it also uh, includes. There's, there's no toilet humour. There's no pooping. There's no nothing. In fact, it is the most sanitary of all of the technologies. <laughs> um, the, the there's a Japanese convenience store by the name of Seven Eleven, and we are a big fan of the place. I call it the British Embassy or the American Embassy because back in the day, it used to uh, be a place where the only place where the uh, the, the cash machines would allow uh, British people to take money uh, out. Yeah, it's quite hard right. to find it. So, so I very much saw them as being, you know, a force for good. Um, but they are uh, coming up with new ways to interact with the Seven Eleven. Uh, there is a uh, set of world's first non-contact display technologies uh, being included at the cash registered in 7-Elevens. Basically... That sounds boring. Self-service hologram tills. Yeah, that hologram. That you can do, use yourself. And, like, 
It's incredible. Basically, they're coming to 7-Eleven. You don't need to touch anything. You don't need to get your fingers on anything. They don't need to uh, go around and spray and wipe and tidy up these uh, POS uh, displays. Um, They are self-service checkouts that you can use, uh, and you don't have to touch anything. They've got these kind of like floating holographic screens uh, with holographic buttons. Uh, And obviously, um, in in, in the year of of our 2022, uh, there's obviously massive risks of, uh, of coronavirus infections. People don't want to be touching things that other people mm. have touched uh, and uh, also I mean I, I guess the, the thing that surprises me is that uh, Japan is even going for uh, contactless um, uh, you know self-service registers because I've never seen them before in, in Japan they are, you, they are actually, they're um, all over in, in Britain like every place has got you, you'll, mm. you're lucky to see someone behind the behind the uh, machines and the registers these days you sort of do everything yourself but I'm just really surprised that they're sort of going all in they're doing they're doing your own registers and also um, they're, they're, they're floating screens effectively they look incredible I think I, let's just call it what it is. It's a hologram. I looked it up and it was really cool. Like it's like the the screen uses like a mirror and it like reflects yeah. the the image up. Uh, it looks like holograms are here after all these years, right? <laughs> all this like hype. Finally, holograms are here and they're not here for some real cool reason. They're here so you can buy your family mart fried chicken or seven yeah, eleven chicken. Well. Gonna be but they've got buttons on them as well because holograms, you know, they, 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 you don't necessarily think of them as being interactive, but they manage to track your finger where they are in 3D space yeah, so you yeah, can sort yeah. of press each button. I hope it's not one of those things where you got to like put your hand in and wait for the button no, to no, register no. and then pull out again. you got to go boop, 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 boop. Oh, God, yeah, I know be, what you mean. Yeah. No, I hope it looked that pretty good. Uh, you can look haptic. at a video of it. If you look up floating hologram... Japanese convenience stores. You can see a video at Seven Eleven demonstrating it, and I was actually really impressed by it. Like, it's yeah. interesting all these technological advancements we've seen coming out of Japan uh, during COVID. Do you remember a few weeks ago we had the masks that glow? They use some sort of chemical that glow yes, if you're infected, right, yeah. right? So your yeah. mask. I, although in hindsight, maybe they wouldn't be very popular because I know what people are like in Japan. They like to hide the fact that they've got COVID, and if they're walking <laughs> around with like a a mask changing colour showing that they're infected I don't know how that would go down but uh, there's six, like six big companies in Japan have worked on this this isn't like a like a little crappy university project this is like the real yeah. deal like Toshiba and Mitsui Chemicals have all come together to work on this and uh, oh, it's pretty exciting this is cool there's only really six exciting. stores six 7-Eleven uh, stores in Tokyo that are doing this starting from 1st of February I'm going to go and track them down but I'm going to wait until Covid dies down a little bit because literally everyone <laughs> I know has COVID at the moment oh uh, really wow yeah in Tokyo everyone has had it and it's not yeah. good so I'm going to wait till it dies down but uh, I've got to see this I've got to film it I want to touch holograms <laughs> Well, fun, it, it? The thing about the thing about the holographic screen, it just seems like uh, you've got to get really kind of in the zone. You've got to be right in front of it, and you've got to be looking down into it before it actually uh, you can actually see it. So it does cut down on people copying what you're doing on the next hill <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like limited, in the, in the uh, video of it, the um, the the camera starts from the side right, and you mm. can't see anything. And it's not until the camera is directly in front of the device that the screen becomes mm. visible. I don't really know how the heck it works. 
it's genius really but it's that uh, old school uh, it's that it, it, it's two technologies there I think it's that old kind of fake mirror stuff they used to have in theatres so it's not like it's that's quite old technology I guess because I guess it's on, on a mirror but uh, then there's also the, the, the finger tracking stuff which is probably quite new I do sort of look back at um, going into like bit camera on the washing machine floor and just seeing like um, this product where it's that. like this big <laughs> gosh, remember that. There would, uh, there's this technology that uh, you only see in Japan it hasn't been exported because clearly no one's fucking interested or they don't have a room or whatever. <laughs> uh, the, and it's just this kind of little cupboard. And I presume it's like a steamy cupboard that gets steamy and you put your shirt in on a hanger and it just shakes it. And so that uh, I just, mm. when I see technology, emerging technology in Japan, I always think it's the shaky cupboard. It's the shaky shirt <laughs> cupboard. And I don't think it's going to be, uh, I don't think it's going to translate <laughs> the, uh, over for a long time. The gateway to Narnia would be very different in yes, Japan, wouldn't exactly. it? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Why aren't we going anywhere? Why Help. is the whole thing moving? What a fucking nightmare. That when I went to the, um, a few years ago, I went to the robot hotel, the robot dinosaur hotel, right? Mm. And in that video, everything was robotic. And they had yeah. lots of advancements in the room. And they had that in the room. The idea being, while you were asleep, you'd put your clothes in this magic wardrobe thing and it would yeah. vibrate and use UV rays and whatnot to clean your clothes. <laughs> it looked pretty good, to be fair. It was about the only thing that did work in that robot hotel. I was really nice <laughs> to them because they just opened and I went in and nothing worked. Like, right. there was a dinosaur that you check in. It talks to you. It's a bilingual dinosaur, robot velociraptor. And it'd be like, what is your name? And it would just cycle through four different languages, like Chinese, Japanese, <laughs> German, English. And uh, I'm scared of comets. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, but nothing worked. We had a there was a each room had a a little egg concierge concierge All thing right. that you could talk to, and you could like do fun things. So you could be like, "What's my horoscope, egg?" And it would be like, "You're gonna die." <laughs> and it would just like reel off useless egg shit. Egg is angry with you. Egg is <laughs> going to blow up. <laughs> But like you could tell it like turn down the lights and it just would be like okay and they just wouldn't do it and it felt like a cool idea in hindsight but the execution was pretty poor but because it was new and they let me film there I pretended like yeah. it all worked when it definitely it definitely didn't <laughs> it definitely but didn't right it was rubbish but uh, another advancement this reminds me of is uh, you ever seen on Japanese trains how you not that I'm not that I like to sneak around and look at people's things but yeah. They have the the screens on the phones where you can't see them from the side. You have to be yes. like directly in front of it. Does yeah. that exist in the UK? Do people use that? Uh, it, it reminds me of the tech you used to see on uh, uh, Virgin Atlantic uh, screens on the back oh, of the, the chairs. Airplanes, yeah. Because I remember watching Jackass two point five, and there's a <laughs> scene where a man's bum just poos out, very much like. Nashiyama Kun or his name was always, uh, earlier on just posed everywhere all over a train set and I'm like that is the worst thing I've ever seen on any television never mind just on a but I kind of checked the viewing angles and it was very it was actually quite hard for anyone to actually see because there were kids around me and I'm watching this guy shit everywhere and I'm like this is disgusting um, I'm just sitting in the row but, behind uh, you just watching you sort of yeah, dart go, from side to side around the street <laughs> trying to see if you can see it like a maniac <laughs> oh, it's horrible but yeah no you don't necessarily because I think the viewing I think um, like bad viewing angles is like kind of the emerging tech of the 90s on LCD screens they were just like mm. kind of it was quite bad uh, if you had a screen that couldn't be seen from far away all the, all the new LED tech it's, it's designed not to do that I suppose but yeah, yeah. so the phones in, in Japan they've got like limited uh, viewing distance because people want a bit of privacy I'm not I'm, I mean it, on there were, there were a lot of brands of phones that did it and uh, you right. couldn't see them I think it's actually like a sticker you actually just put on the front of your phone okay. and the sticker's got some sort like of a lenticular 
yeah. effect, right? Okay. But because oh, interesting, you know, if you live in Tokyo, you want to train all day, uh, crammed in with people. You don't necessarily want people looking at your phone or seeing what you're looking at. So Ero- erotic manga, erotic manga, just like how <laughs> Japanese phones. They uh, when you take a photo, you have to hear the shutter sound, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Legally, there you, are. you have to. That's something a lot of people don't know. Just yeah, if you yeah. if you buy a uh, if you buy a phone from Japan, you have to fo- you have to sort of flash the firmware to. Because I bought a couple of cameras from Japan, and then realised I'm not that I you know care whether the shutters shutters on or, or off. Um, it's quite annoying, to be fair. But it's but it's quite annoying. It's quite uh, but it is just because of literal Japanese perverts on the train taking pictures of lasses bums. Um, it is sad that yeah. it came to that that they had to literally yeah. bake that into the functionality Absolutely of smartphones. Pathetic. I've got I've got a new I got a new phone and, and uh, I, I got a new phone. One of those um, Samsungy. Uh, Foldy ones. Oh, the flip phone ones. Uh, the, the flippy phone ones. Um, and uh, the front screen is too small to be functional for my typing, uh, and I'm too embarrassed to fold it out. So uh, another successful <laughs> bit of technology for Donny. Well done, me. Yeah, you'd fit right in <laughs> in Japan. <Ben. laughs> we'll be back with the fax machine, guys, in just a moment with your comments and questions. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com and we're back with the fax machine what do we got this week from our listeners mr donaldson we got a message from elise an unpatriotic american by their own oh. admission. Hello, Crotchety Chris and Puckish Pete. Uh, the Winter Olympics have started, and I was curious whether generally Japan is enthusiastic to watch and see how their athletes perform. Chris, especially because you live in his hometown of Sendai, I'm curious uh, whether you are aware of Yuzuru Hanyu, the two consecutive Olympic gold medalists currently going for his third medal. Ooh, what's he all about? We're practically... Oh, I love Yuzuru Hanyu. Practically best friends. No, well, I don't he's know. a little scare guy. I don't, not, know, I don't know how big, I don't know how big he is, to be honest. He's 21. I don't, oh. I don't know anything about the Olympics. Um, yeah. I don't really have an interest in it. I have never have. Are you like an Olympic person? Do you enjoy it? Do you watch it? 
No, I uh, no, I don't actually. <laughs> I like building your box. I like the Olympic football by building my box. No, I've not watched any. I'm not like you. Occasionally, like you'll watch like the skeleton because that's exciting. But yeah, Winter Olympics leaves me a bit cold. It's all Olympics does, to be honest. I mean, it's just I'm yeah. around in it. <laughs> I'm glad it's a thing, but I I don't really. I yeah. don't have. Interest I don't understand in why it's so lucrative. I don't know why. Uh, countries get so excited to try and bid for it because uh, frequently it's a bit of a what do you call it a white it's not a white whale is it? It, it frequently it's a bit of a elephant something elephant grey elephant what, what's the thing if you but you you really want it but it's a bit of a misnomer yeah I know what you mean uh, do you know what I mean white, white, elephant? white elephant white elephant white elephant I don't know maybe maybe white <laughs> look it up yeah, I know what you mean though way. No, I want to know look yeah. it up I'm going to get annoyed about that I uh, <laughs> I mean like, yeah like the, the London Olympics they did they did good things for London. They kind of did make London the centre of the world for a bit of time. Whereas the Tokyo Olympics, in comparison, disastrous in many ways, but kind of went all right when all was said and done. I don't yeah. know. I don't I'm not really you know, I I'm the wrong man to talk to about sports. I'm or the fun wrong man. Or anything. Uh, we got one here from Robert. He says, Hello Chris and abroad and Pete Domestic. Pete Domestic. Nice. <laughs> Pete Cock Robert from California here. You've mentioned how Japanese media is overly positive and everything is sugoi, so as not to offend anyone ever. Can you therefore trust any Japanese reviews for anything like restaurants, products, films, TV and video games? Which sites, blogs tend to be more honest than others? Uh, Mecca thanks, Robert. That's an interesting question. Any thoughts on hmm. that, Pete? I, uh, yeah, I mean, because I, I, I don't consume a lot of Japanese media, I don't know how it sort of can... I don't know how it correlates with the stuff that you sort of see on television, but you're right. It does seem very, very positive in every possible conceivable way. There's never anything yeah. critical. I mean, what's what's sort of like film? What, what, how do people talk about film in Japan? Do people kind of? I mean, presume like you. Whenever there's like a big. Um, uh, controversy in Japan like there's enough kind of uh, dissenting voices on Twitter and stuff talking about how they don't like stuff and they don't like how it's been represented or whatever so there must be some kind of level of critical I, theory and, 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 and thought out well, in Japan surely. I think that's why YouTube has become such a big deal in Japan we've got these yeah. creators that could be a bit more sort of blunt and direct and opinionated Right. I, I mean I, again I don't really consume a lot of Japanese media but I'll say TV shows are very positive about things here I've never seen a, a food show where someone goes in a restaurant and goes oh this tastes like sick <laughs> like a Gordon Ramsay style scenario it just wouldn't work the whole culture is orientated around being sort of harmonious and avoiding conflict yeah. and being diplomatic about things um, and I just don't think it would sit very well having a Gordon Ramsay style scenario where someone comes <laughs> in and destroys your restaurant um, but I think YouTube has been a big part of that. There are a lot of blogs and things where people write online. The internet in Japan is definitely a lot more critical than sort of mass media, TV, uh, and and whatnot. So I think that's the place yeah. to be if you want to get like an honest opinion. Mm. Uh, TV, uh, I, I, again, I still haven't seen anything. Uh, I've just seen, by the way, while I'm trying to think of something clever, I'm staring yeah. at a photo of my face looking really stupid that Pete has right. done a screen grab of. What's going like, on what? there? What have I like, done? My little, my little profile icon for this right. is like me with right. my mouth wide open, looking like an idiot, looking like I've been electrocuted. I don't think. Then, I no. I think. I think it takes a. Um, oh, it's just, no! You can. I think when you join the room, uh, it automatically takes a picture. Because oh I, I, I can see mine. Because if you click on that, I think you can take another photo. So Dreadful. it just takes whatever fo whatever really screen grab you've got it's there. 
It looks like I've been stabbed in the back with a knife, well, and I'm like, Whoa! click on it and, again. I didn't do it. Click on it again. Click on the picture. And while the knife is going in, photo. I'm pulling a stupid face, and then the, the we're using a new system, and we're enjoying the new features and silliness that we can kind of add into the system. I'm, oh, I'm glad this podcast <laughs> isn't on video format. We've got one here from Cheryl from Toronto. It says hi, Chris and Pete. Being one of my uh, favourite regular characters in the videos, I have a Natsuki question. As a non-YouTuber, does Natsuki get noticed when he's out and about on his own? Has Chris's YouTube fame affected Natsuki's salon in any way? Uh, do people rush over to book a haircut and ask for the Abroad in Japan discount? Chris, you should try getting caramel highlights in your oh. hair this summer. Take care. Stay safe, boys. Cheryl from Toronto. Yes, please. I, no highlights. I've little, done that before. Little cheese curds in the hair. <laughs> I've Caramel learned from my mistakes. Highlights. Mm, I've learned from my highlight Delicious. mistakes. Um, <laughs> Natsuki, Natsuki has had quite a few people go to his salon over the years. I mean, it's it's a far flung journey, and I think that's kind of good in some respects because <laughs> he, you know, he used to want to keep his salon private, but yeah. that's quite hard to do when it's a public shop. Yeah. Um, and he's had quite a few people go there. If you do have a plan to go there, try and book an appointment. Don't just rock up because it's, uh, you know. It's good to book an appointment. You don't just turn up to his place. Um, but uh, he does get noticed as well. Like when we did Natsuki the movie in London, he got spotted a fair bit. Uh, yeah. Whenever he's in Tokyo, people spot him wandering around, you know, cigarettes in hand. Uh, he does get spotted. He does. He does. And I've yeah. just bloody promoted his cameo this week. He, he's been trying to push his cameo. You know, the thing where mm-hmm. you, you pay a message, you pay Natsuki and he sends you a message going, happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, David. He, he does that. So it's it's good. Check Get it involved. out. Get yourself a little message. Lovely. Yeah, he gets 100% of the money from it. So it's a good little earner for Natsuki. Uh, it's probably more lucrative than his salon, I think, as well. So he could be closing his salon just being doing, doing cameo doing full cameos, time. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in, guys, to abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great week, and we'll see you to do it right back here in the next few days on the Abroad Japan Podcast. Bye for now. Does your poo look like bear poo? Email us. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm. 